Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. Amen. So we've been in a new series on relationships, and this this series is all, it's called Check the Pulse. And um, check the pulse is what I would consider a medical term. You know, it's just making sure that you're pausing in life and you can check the pulse on any aspect of life, right? Like last week, we talked about beyond the divide. And, um, And we know this, and if you don't know this, you'll soon know this. It just means that you're not old enough. But, uh, but when you share life with people, come on, there, there, are, there are disagreements. There are conflicts um, where somebody's opinion on something might differ from your opinion. And last week we talked about beyond the divide, which was a challenge to people to go beyond the differences that they have in life and find common ground. How many of you think that we need a little bit more of that today, right? Like our world today is like, you don't think like I think, and so we have nothing to do with one another. And that's just not the way, that's not the way of the Lord. And so today, we're going to be talking about check the pulse on your money. Check the pulse on your money. And this is really going to be a a message um, that has everything to do with relationships, the husband and wife relationship. If you're here and you're single, I want you to know this, that the, that the, the, the uh, tools that I'm going to share with you, the ideas that I'm going to share with you are just as much for you today, even being single. It might be in preparation for a time that, you know, you get married in the future. And so go ahead and lean in because this is going to be, it has the ability to be life-changing for you. So one area of relational disruption is our finances, our money. In fact, for years and years and years, the number one cause for marriage issues and even divorce has been communication. How many of you ever heard that? Like communication is the breakdown of marriages. Well, if you'll study that just a little bit further, what you're going to find out is the communication problem really deals with two main areas. The first one is the area of finances. People not being able to get on the same page financially. You might be sitting here today thinking that, you know what? Yeah, I'm married and I'm not going to look to my left or to my right. But if I was going to be honest, like, like we have not been on the same page financially all the time. And the truth is, it's very possible you may not be on the same page financially right now. And if that is the case, you're in a good place. You're in a good space because you're here today. And, um, and so the second main uh, problem whenever it comes to communication is children. Children. So first is finances. Second is children. And it's unfortunate, but even in the church, many times, these two topics lead to the D word, the divorce word. We can't get over the hurdles and the obstacles in these two areas, so we choose to go different directions. Are you with me? So alignment and shared goals. I want you to know this, that alignment, somebody say alignment. Alignment. 
and shared goals can multiply your efforts leading to financial success and a stronger marriage. I'm telling you this, that unity in the family whenever it comes to finances is vitally important. In fact, I'm going to make a huge stretch here just real quick because I believe that God's able to make up a difference. I'm going to clear something up that I've dealt with a great deal in my years of ministry. One person coming to me and saying, hey, listen, I know that I'm supposed to tithe. I know I'm supposed to, you know, give my finances. Trust God with my finances. But my husband or my wife is on an absolute different page. What I'm going to do is I'm not going to give you a pass, but I'm going to say, listen, why don't you trust God in the area of prayer, believing that God is going to bring you together at the same time, at some time in the future. You know what I'm saying? Do not allow this this specific area to cause more problems than what it's worth. Go to the place in prayer first. Amen. And so that's a big statement. That's a big statement. But I believe this, that God's word is true. And this is what I can tell you. If God's way is the best way, then he has the, the, the ability, come on, to get the, the two, which is one, on the same page. Amen? Do you believe that? Or are you just saying amen with a question mark? Okay. All right. So. There's a popular story in the Bible. You've heard this many times. It's a story on multiplication. And this is the story of Jesus dividing the two fish and the five loaves. I always think of the five loaves as like those Hawaiian rolls. You know what I'm saying? I just love those so much. And I can't imagine, I can't imagine a little boy with a sack having five loaves of bread in the sack. So I think he had Hawaiian rolls in there with a couple of fish. It's found in Luke chapter 9 and verse 12 is where it begins. It says this, when the day began to wear away, the 12 came to him and said, send the multitude away that they may go into the surrounding towns and country and lodge and get provisions for we are in a deserted place here. So what this is saying is, is that there's no McDonald's. Come on, there's no Jersey Mike's. Come on, big shout out just real quick for Jersey Mike's in our area. I'm telling you, man, I'm not promoting anything, but kind of am. It's like since Blimpy has kind of gone away, Jersey Mike's, in my opinion, number one. If you haven't been there, go check it out. No Ridley's. Come on, this is a real problem. They're in a deserted place. See, right now, people are asking, what's this Jersey Mike's? <laughs> Just Google it. You'll find it. It'll change your life. Come and thank me later. Goes on to say, hey, listen, I know I'm not going to be everybody's fan. That's okay. I'm just, I got the microphone right now, so... But he said to them, Jesus says back to them, you give them something to eat. And they said, well, we have no more than five loaves and two fish. Unless we go and buy food for all these people. For there were about 5,000 men. And I want to just pause right now. During this time, Jewish culture the way that they counted the, the, uh, the, the majority of gatherings is they would count the men. And they realized that the men represented, one man represented four, one man represented five. That's a wife and a couple of kids, 
anywhere between two to four kids. So the truth is, is this group of people, this feeding of the 5,000, were literally like more along the lines of feeding 20,000 to 25,000 people. And if you, it just, just so you don't think it's a stretch, you can pick up the same story in the book of Matthew chapter 14 and verse 21. It says this, now those who had eaten were about 5,000 men, comma, besides women and children. So 5,000 men, once again, we're looking at a lot more people. This miracle is a lot more significant than just 5,000 people eating off of two fish and five loaves. Jesus says, listen, make them sit down into groups of 50. And then he took the five loaves and the two fish. And looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before the multitude. They all ate and were filled, and we know the story. There was 12 baskets of leftovers that were gathered up uh, by, by them after everybody had eaten. So there's one verse that's so easy to overlook in this passage of Scripture, and it's the first verse that I shared with you. It's verse 12. It's easy to overlook. It says, when the day began to wear away. I was really wondering, what in the world is this speaking about when the day began to wear away? So I looked it up in the Greek and I looked it up in the Hebrew and what it shown me was that it was getting late in the day. That means that they began when it was early and they ended when, it was, when, the, when the night was coming. And so I want you just to imagine here this morning, I want you to imagine one thing that I totally disregard the clock, which says I've got 25 minutes left. Let's just say I completely disregard that and say, turn that stinking thing off, and I blow through lunch, and then you're thinking, okay, it's about two o'clock, pastor's gonna close here in just a little bit, at least the first close, he hasn't said anything about it yet, and I blow through dinner. Come on, do you understand? It was like the day was wearing away. This is the exact setting that these guys were in. Now, my, my question is this. If that happened today, like dinner goes by and everybody's hungry, how would you, how would you act in a situation like that? Well, I guarantee you, in this house, people would probably just get up at different times and you would find yourself going home. But in Jewish culture, this would have been considered, I believe, disrespectful. And so they would have remained, probably every one of them thinking, it was Jesus teaching, maybe not, but every one of them thinking, man, when is this thing going to come to a close? When is this thing going to come to an end? And so, and so, this was the situation. So what would you have done? We probably would have assembled a group of people, got, you know, got together and, and, uh, and, 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 and had one person go to disrupt the sermon-a-thon, right? It's like, who are we going to send? Who are we going to send to disrupt this situation here? So I can imagine the disciples and probably Peter right in the middle of it, and, uh, and, and, and they're, they're, they're talking about what's important to Jesus. And how many of you know that Jesus was always about the people, right? So I could just imagine, this is a stretch, this is not biblical, I'm just adding to it. But Jesus kind of stands up and he says, or Peter says, listen, Jesus is always about the people, right? Let's just go to Jesus and say, listen, I think that the people are getting hungry, 
Certainly at that moment, what he's going to do is he's going to send, send them away. Oh, I, I, I didn't even understand how late it was getting. You're absolutely right. Let's go ahead and send the people away. And so, so imagine this, that you're the spokesperson. So Jesus has the podium, right? You're the spokesperson. There's 25,000 people out there that he's speaking to. And you're just kind of... inching your way, and you don't want to be totally, you don't want to frighten him or scare him, so you just kind of reach up, and you just kind of tap his elbow just a little bit, right? You just kind of tap his elbow just a little bit, and then you just step right into that space and place, and you're like, come on, everybody, let's give our hands together for such a powerful, amazing word. Man, wasn't that amazing? Man, Jesus, you just really brought it this time. Come on, one more time, everybody. Put your hands together. For Jesus. I can't imagine what that, what that would be like. Maybe they went on and said, man, we could go longer. We should probably go longer. But, and then this is where he drops the bomb. But the people are starting to get hungry. And so Jesus, in response to that, was, it was a completely different response than what the disciples were looking for, right? They were like, they were thinking and hoping that he would be like, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Let's go ahead and send him away. But Jesus' response was like, man, you guys really care about the people like I do, don't you? Yeah, yeah, you know Jesus, their top priority. It's all about the people. How many of you know that most of those disciples were probably thinking about themselves? They weren't thinking so much about the people, but the people are a top priority. And so Jesus responds to them in verse 13, he says, well then, why don't you go ahead and feed them? If, there was a, if the record player had been invented at this time, this is the time that the needle would have scratched across the vinyl, and, and, and they would have said something like, come again? Yeah, you heard me right. You're all about the people. What I want you to do is I want you to go, and I want you to feed them. Now, the disciples, they were pretty witty. They were pretty smart. And this is what I believe probably happened. I, I can say this wholeheartedly. I do not believe that those 12 disciples went through 25,000 people looking for all of the food that was available that day. I have a hard time believing that. This is what I think happened. I think probably they glanced around they saw one little boy with a sack lunch, with a bag lunch. Hey, hey, what do you got in there? I got five loaves and two fish. Oh, this is great. This is going to play into, play into you know, what it is that we desire. I'll just tell Jesus we've searched high and low, and all we have found is one boy with a sack lunch. I have a hard time believing that nobody else in 25,000 people had something else to offer. But they're thinking, listen, this is all we have. Certainly Jesus is going to say, man, I thought there might be more than that. Jesus is like three and five or two and five. Two and five, that's all you've got? Two fish and five loaves? Yep, yep, that's all we got. They were looking for Jesus to say, okay, send them away. He said, okay, that's good enough. That's enough. That's fine. That's all I need. And they're like, what? And so automatically the Bible says this. In verse 16, that he blessed them. Somebody say, bless them. He broke them. Somebody say, broke them. 
And he gave them, somebody say gave them, to the disciples to set before the multitude. And so Peter's probably like this. I always pick on Peter because Peter was always getting things wrong. But can you imagine, Peter's like, oh, he's going to do something. This is another opportunity for a miracle. And so Peter is looking at Jesus' hands as he's got those two fish and five loaves. And he's thinking, man, that's just going to start multiplying in his hands. And we're going to see a miracle. And the Bible says that he, he, Jesus blessed them, say, Lord, bless these. And then he began to, to break it in half, and then he began to give it to the disciples. And so imagine this. Jesus takes one loaf, and he breaks it in half, and he blesses it, and then he gives it to Peter. And then, and then Peter's like, wait, nothing happened. Jesus, maybe you want to pray again. You want me to do what with this now? You want me to distribute this to the people and so he was like, listen, there's something very odd and strange about this. There was no miracle that took place, but Jesus said, pass it out. And as they began to give it away, the bread began to spread. So I want you to realize that the miracle didn't happen in Jesus' hands. The miracle happened in the hands of the disciples. As they began to give it away, break it and spread it, that's where the miracle took place. So there's two principles that I want to share with you real quick. Number one, it has to be blessed before it can multiply. It absolutely has to be blessed before it can multiply. If the disciples would have taken the two fish and the five loaves and Jesus had not blessed it and they began just to distribute it, there would have been no miracle. It has to be blessed to multiply. Somebody say that. It has to be blessed to multiply. And so you're asking today, if you're not asking today, you should be asking today, how do I get the blessing of God on my finances? The answer to this is through the tithe. You give the first 10% of what it is that God has given to you, the fullness of what God has given to you, you give the first 10% back to God, and then the rest is blessed. Can I tell you this? That there is an enemy that wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And guess what? He's after everything that is good. And if you don't trust God with your finances, you're never going to get ahead in life. Why? Because you have op there's open reign for the devourer to come in and, and, to, and to take what God has, has given for you, come on to... To, uh, to, to be a blessing and provision for your family, but also to be a blessing and provision for other people. And so it's amazing to me how many people that have walked with God for a long period of time, a long period of time, and, there's, and sometimes these are very, very spiritual people, like we just believe God for so many amazing things, and God's just a miracle maker, but yet they do not trust God with the tithe. It's always a struggle. It's always a, it's, it's always a battle. And I'm not saying that it, that it, that it shouldn't be, uh, but I am telling you this, that God's way is always the best way. And the sooner that you and I get on God's page and God's plan, it's the best plan, and it works better than anything that you can do. 
And there are people, let me just say it like this, just real quick. There are people that have struggled financially, meaning, they're, they, you know what I mean? They're always having to borrow or they're always having to get money, you know, from the next paycheck before the next paycheck is there. They're, 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 they're always struggling financially. And I would just say this, it's probably because, or it could potentially be because, they have not trusted God with the tithe. There are some people that are always in financial disruption. Always, always. There's, it's always an issue. And it's probably connected to the tithe. Or just, just no wisdom. But I believe this. If you're a Bible-believing Christian, then you're going to have the wisdom on when to spend, what to spend, and how to spend the dollars that God has entrusted you with. Amen? Can I get a better amen there? I'm telling you, this is the word of God, and God's plan is the best plan. That means that you cannot do anything better than what God's plan is. Amen? And I'm just going to throw this in, little curveball. When God says this is the best way, he means it, which means he's not going to change it. And guess what? When you say, when you, so, so what I'm saying is you can stand on God's word, right? And when we say, God, you can trust me in this area, it doesn't matter what Curveball's life is going to throw at you. He expects the same thing from you. Amen? He wants you, being an image bearer of Jesus Christ, right, to, to also be true to the commitments that you make. And so how do you get the blessing on your money? You tithe. You give the first 10% to God, and he blesses the rest. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9, honor the Lord with your wealth. Doesn't get much, much clearer than that. And with the first fruits of all of your produce. That, that doesn't mean the leftovers. That doesn't mean the rotten. That doesn't mean the tip. It means the tithe, right? And sometimes people tip God instead of tithe. I believe God will work all that out. But then it says this. This is what the blessing is, the promise is. When you do that, your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Is God a liar? Is he a liar? So listen, should anybody ever have financial problems if they're tithing? Should they ever? Because the promise is this. If you trust him with the first... That means that you're going to have overflow and abundance. And I'll just tell you this. This is a complete 100% testament to God and God's goodness. But my wife and I, we have been faithful tithers since we gave our heart to Jesus. And this is what I can tell you. I can tell you this, a testimony to God. Nothing, I can't take an ounce of glory. Can't take any, I can't take any credit for it. But I know people that are far more wealthy and make a lot more money than we've ever made. And I can tell you those same people, some of them are in a lot worse financial distress than we've ever been. I'm telling you, I'm telling you that what I'm sharing with you absolutely works, period. Period. No, no debt. We're working really hard to get our house paid off. No debt. We don't owe anything but the house payment right now. Nothing. And this is a testament to God, and it's 
a testimony of my wife as well because she, she'd tell me when to stop and when to go. Amen? I'm telling you, I give God glory and praise for that. I really give God glory and praise for that. Because a lot of the reason, a lot of the reason why somebody might be financially secure is also the wisdom that comes from God, amen? It's not just the tithe, but it's the tithe and the wisdom. See, people need to figure out how money works, right? But we're talking about it multiplying here. And so, the promise is this, according to the scripture, I should not worry about money, and God's not a liar. Psalm chapter 50 and verse 12, for the world is mine and all it contains. See, sometimes our struggle is, is we think the world is ours. We think that, we think that it's, it's my time. It's not your time. We think it's my money. It's not your money. What do you mean it's not my money? I worked 50 and 60 hours a week. Come on, to, to earn that money, that's my money. That is not your money. What does the Bible say? Let me just say it again, just in case, because you can't get more clear than this. For the world is mine and all it contains. That means everything belongs to the Lord. And the sooner, once again, that we can get on God's plan, the better it's going to be. And, um, and I, just, I just, everything. See, see, you might be thinking, well, I get up and go to work, and I went to college, and I went all these things. Well, let me just ask you this. What if God didn't protect your job when he fired all those other people? Come on, what if you came down with some sort of an illness to where you weren't able to do what it is that you do right now? See, we take the benefit and the blessing of God sometimes for granted. It's God that has given you the mind. It's God that's given you the ability to gain experience. It's God that has given you the favor. And do you know that one second from now, Something could happen. There are people literally that have had aneurysms that literally lay in their bed 24 hours a day for years watching the, the ceiling fan turn around and around and around and around. We are not in control of anything. And so I just challenge you to really know that God's way is the best way always. Your situation can change in the matter of moments and then we're not going to have, you know, we're, we're not even going to be able to say it's mine, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine. Because all we are is either we're gone or, um, you know, we don't have the favor that, that somehow we had before. And so, once again, the faster we can learn God's way, the best way, the better we will be. Number two, it has to be given before it multiplies. If the disciples had just taken and eaten the blessed bread and the blessed fish that Jesus had blessed, how many of you know that the disciples would be the only ones that would be blessed, right? They'd be like, oh man, that was good, that was good. But nobody else, it wouldn't have multiplied. And this is what I just want to hit real quick. There are many people that tithe and you're faithful at your tithing and I would say, God bless you for that. And I would say this, and that when you tithe, you keep the, the, you keep the devourer at bay, meaning he can't come in and touch your finances, which is a wonderful thing, but you have not seen multiplication happen in your life. And I will say this, that God wants us to give, but then he also wants us to, to pay attention to the special moments that he speaks to us. 
This has happened to me many times where I'm driving down the road and God will say, hey, listen, go back and give that guy 10 bucks or 20 bucks and I'll drive down the road, can't shake it, turn around, you know, three miles down the road, go searching for the guy that I was supposed to, you know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's an act of obedience, as little as it may seem. How many of you know that God is able to use that? I can tell you this, that through generosity, through the generosity of my wife and I at different times, there have been people that have given their heart to Jesus. There wasn't a song playing in the background. There was no preaching. There was no teaching. But through generosity, God has opened up somebody's heart for us to simply share that the reason why we're giving is because the Lord loves you so much. Amen? Sometimes we take love offerings for different needs in the community or we'll have a guest speaker come into town or, or just a lot of different things. Take a love offering for our children and sometimes people give over in abundance and it's filled with love but sometimes people just give like offerings when they're supposed to give love offerings. Sometimes people give no offerings when they're supposed to. I'm just saying, listen, that it has to be given before it multiplies, right? You give your tithe, that protects the rest. But if you want multiplication in your finances, then we have to be led by God. Amen? There have been moments, once again, that people have been saved through generosity. So how do we do this? We do this in unity. I am so grateful for the wife that I have. We are a powerful team. Once again, we've never been, ever been even close to being classified as rich, maybe in a third world country. But I'm telling you, we've always had more than enough. And it's because of the faithfulness with the finances in trusting God with it. Amen. So God creates everything in the book of Genesis, and what does he say? It's good. And then he says, God, or he, you know, they're talking, and he says, listen, we need to make, create man, and we'll create man in our own image. And what did he say after he created man? He said, it is very good, right? So everything else is good. Created man, it's very good. But then he said something specific. He said, but it's not good for man to be alone. Probably Adam was on a unicycle, you know what I mean, juggling machetes, uh, juggling machetes and pineapples, and he looks down and he's like, man, this is really not good for a man to be alone. So he created Eve, and he gave them the capacity to love. If you think I'm joking, women, tell me the truth. What's it like when you go out of town for a few days and then return, <laughs> Right? It's amazing how quickly your men can revert to being a bachelor. You know what I'm saying? Like, like stuff's not done. We need women. We need, we need the partnership in marriage. And I'm just saying, listen, it's so vitally important that you're on the same page whenever it comes to every aspect, certainly finances. Philippians chapter 2, I'm getting ready to close here. God gives up everything. He leaves heaven. He leaves his throne right? And he comes to the, the earth to be a servant. The Bible says that he humbled himself and he was obedient even unto death. Now listen, this is the creator of all things that have been created. He left everything so that he could come and be a servant, die on a cross for each and every one of us that we may have eternal life. 
And guess what? That same Jesus is saying to you, it doesn't matter if you've served God for six months or you're here working on 30 years. The same question is for you today. Will you trust me with everything? Because you can say you trust me, but in the area of finances, like your checkbook, if you have a checkbook, the balance on your bank statement is going to show whether you truly trust God, and there's no way around it. You either do or you don't. You do or you don't. And I'm telling you that this is a beautiful bit of knowledge that God is sharing with us today. You don't have to struggle anymore. You think, you think we sometimes think we can. How many other times in life have you thought, boy, I'm just going to handle this myself? Like, like I, can, I got myself into it. I'm going to get myself out of it. And then you just go deeper and deeper and deeper into it. Whatever it is, addiction. And you know what? I'm just going to quit that tomorrow. I'm not going to smoke no more cigarettes tomorrow or smoke nothing else tomorrow. Right? And then all of a sudden tomorrow comes and you fail tomorrow and you fail the next day. And I'm just saying, listen, that God's plan is the best plan. He's saying, do you trust me? Will you trust me with everything? And I'm telling you in our pre-service meeting, I was getting so excited because time and time and time again, people were saying, the blessing, the blessing comes through the obedience. The blessing comes through the obedience. The blessing comes through obedience. The blessing comes through obedience. The blessing is found when we are obedient. Man, why is everybody else getting blessed? Why is it that, wow, wow, that's, wow, why is, man, God really loves you. But the blessing comes through obedience. The blessing comes through obedience. So when we listen to what it is that God is asking us and desires of us, the blessing comes when we're able, come on, to apply and be obedient. Amen? God is looking for generous people to accomplish amazing things. And my question this morning is this, can he count on you? Can he count on you? Guys, there are so many things that are coming up that, that are certainly going to require, it's going to require faith in the area of finances. I want you to know if you haven't heard yet, but the next thing that, that, that I feel like God is calling us to do as a church is to build a gymnasium. Amen. And, um, and check this out. Like, like what is a gymnasium going to do? A gymnasium is going to do so many things. It's going to create a safe place space and place for our kids to exercise and learn life experiences and learn about Jesus. Our Awana program absolutely needs it. Our youth is going to use it for lock-ins. How many of you know it's a foundation for a school whenever God opens the door for that? Like it's the, it's the, it's the first step. It's the best step in, in beginning that. But check this out. Because of your faithfulness in supporting and building that gymnasium, long after you have lived your life and are gone, there are going to still be children being raised in this house, learning about Jesus, moving a little bit more, exercising a little bit more, right? We're going to have a place for, for not only our entire church family to use for 
for gatherings like dinners and things like that, but also being a blessing to the community long after we've lived our lives and are gone. That facility is still going to be serving this community. And people, people are going to strengthen their, their faith and their walk with Jesus because of the generosity. Now listen, this is how this works out. For some, you know, you may be able by faith as a love offering, you might be able to contribute $500. To the next person, you might be able to write a check for $500,000. And this is the deal. The, the blessing is found in the obedience. And so, however it is that the Lord moves on your heart, when it's time to really start, you know what I mean, prayerfully considering those things, whatever it is that the Lord moves and says, listen, this is what I have put in your court to contribute. And this is the cool thing. Check this out. The person that's obedient and given the 500 is no less important than the person that's obedient and gives the 500,000. The, the, the blessing, somebody say it with me, the blessing is in the obedience. The blessing is in the obedience. So we believe wholeheartedly of not being an in-debt church. Everything that we have right now is paid for. And, and, and we had to take out a small loan, you know what I mean? But in short order, we were burning the note out here. If you were here, you know what I'm talking about. We were burning the note in short order. And so I'm not a bit interested in having this monstrous mountain of debt. I don't believe that churches should be financially strapped like that. And so I already know because the Lord knows my heart, which my heart is his heart, right? And, and I just already know that, that a large portion of this, if not all of it, is going to come in. And so just be asking yourself, what is my part? What is my space? What is my place? Because the blessing comes through the obedience. Amen. Let's give the Lord one more hand clap. I want to pray for you this morning. Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you for these incredible people. Help us, Lord, to be led by your spirit. Help us, Lord, to trust you in all ways. There's a few ways that are a little bit harder to trust. Two ways that I believe is fasting and finances. And Lord, we just ask that you do a completed work in us. Thank you so much for unity in the family, even in the area of finances, Lord. We help that we would get on the same page, that we would communicate our goals, our dreams, our aspirations, and work together collectively, husbands and wives. And Lord, that, that, let that single person work collectively together with you and just, just really be a partner with you and say, Lord, what, what should we do in these situations? God, I thank you and I bless you today. In Jesus' name, amen. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.